smash that record button and I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit this bong. This is going to be like, do they still ring a bell on wall street? Yes. Do they still ASMR that shit? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get them. Oh yeah. (laughs) I love hearing that sweet, sweet music. It's like the beginning of that Gorillaz song <laughs> or that Cypress Hill song yeah. or, or that Sublime song. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, that's just John in high school core. Like <laughs> all of those <laughs> bands were like definitely on my shitty little 512 megabyte MP3 player that I got at Target for 25 bucks. No, nice. oh, man, I love those. I never like had a little, I feel like I just didn't have one until I had an iPod, but like the people had the little weird, like futuristic ones where it's like, Kind of just like a bigger thumb drive with like weird blue shit all over it. Those are mm-hmm. awesome. Those are the type. Mine was like a little gray rectangle and it only had three fucking buttons on it. Yeah. Like a yeah. goddamn charm. It worked forever too. That's the thing. Like I got uh, like an iPod Nano or something that I won in like a competition at school. It was a giveaway and uh, I was really excited and the day or it was a shuffle. It was like the one where it doesn't even have a screen. Oh yeah. The shuffle was weird. It was so weird and it broke like immediately, like oh, two yeah. weeks in, it just fucking broke. And then you know what I did? I busted out the five twelve megabyte gray rectangle and I listened <laughs> to Carousel Ombra by Led Zeppelin, the 10 minute epic. It probably works right now still. It probably does. I found the pic- a picture of the uh, MP3 player I had. It was called a creative nomad. And it I remember was those, like, I think it yeah. had like the, the screen. It looked like it came from like one of those Nokia phones. It had 64 megabytes. I had fucking uh, Eminem. <laughs> I had 50 cent candy shop. I had fucking Lincoln park. I had limp biscuit. <laughs> the nomad oh, two yeah. runs off of one double a battery and uses <laughs> smart media memory cards. What the fuck is that? <laughs> These are weird These are looking cool. too. These are like spaceships. But mm-hmm. I feel like back in the day, it was fine if you had like an iPod, fine, industry standard after a while, mm-hmm. whatever. It was also fine if you had like super jank shit. Like if you were like, I got this at Goodwill for, you know, eight cents and it plays mm-hmm. four songs. And then I got this at Goodwill for 16 cents and it plays eight songs. So together I have a 12 song library with me all the time. <laughs> it's and like one then, CD basically. Yeah. But like everybody reviled anybody who had a zoom like if you had a zoom you got nothing but scorn from every quarter <laughs> Everyone i, I don't think i've ever seen like, a zoom in real life i don't know if they exist <laughs> it had to have been some sort of guerrilla marketing campaign from apple to make people hate zunes right yeah. well, weren't zunes microsoft or were they an independent company i think, I think it was, it was microsoft. Wired microsoft by microsoft oh really like they started start off out? and microsoft Hold was up. like a shitty product no one likes we want to get on board that one that train Oh, no, no. It looks like it was developed by Microsoft. So this yep, it was Microsoft's yep. answer to the... And, you know, Steve Jobs mania was in like full swing around that time. I distinctly remember my high school technology teacher giving us 20 and 30 minute lectures about why Windows computers are bad. And then I would <laughs> sit down to try and learn Photoshop or whatever. And I'm like, I can't navigate this Apple piece of shit. Why don't you go fuck yourself, <laughs> Mr. Gust? <laughs> I think I saw a YouTube video at some point that... It, where like a very uh, eccentric old man explained emphatically why Zunes were superior for some, like, I think because they supported flack when iPods did not or something like Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Neil young. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was Neil. No, I'm just kidding. It probably (laughs) was though. That's the thing. There was like when that, the Poyo player, the Ponyo, whatever it was came out, it wasn't just Neil Young. There were a bunch of like really well-respected musicians. I remember being upset because Beck endorsed it. And I was like, really, man? You used <laughs> to make music on like cassette players. And you're in here telling me I need to listen to that on a flack file? <laughs> Has Beck done anything recently? Oh, yeah. Beck just put out an album last really? year or the year before. Oh, no shit. It's really music, good. Yeah, yeah it's wow. like hyper pop and like very like oh, laser future disco, kind of very Japanese hyper-futuristic inspired, which is cool because he did that Grammy award-winning slow rock album a while back, Morning Phase. And oh, I did- just looked up the album cover for this and there's a Toyota AE86 on the cover. This is pandering. <laughs> this is fucking pandering. Yeah, well, Come look, on. He's, he's in like his 50s now, right? You know, oh like- my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, and there's a picture of him on his Wikipedia page and he still looks like he's like 25. 
He's going to look like that forever, man. (laughs) He's like, he's one of those dudes who just started looking away when he was like 19. And he was like, this is it. This is how we do it until I'm geriatric. (laughs) Yeah. At 19, people were like, hey, you look kind of like you're 30. And then at 30, people were like, oh, yeah, you seem 30. And then at 70, they're like, what's happening? Yeah, well, his name's Beck Hansen, so he's like Norwegian or Scandinavian or whatever. So add that on top of like whatever Scientology magic has been done on him for the last 35 (laughs) years. And it's like, yeah, I I would probably look exactly the same for a long time, too. (laughs) It is really hard to be a guy who stops or starts dressing away and never stops dressing that way uh, unless you're famous. Like if you're like a guy who's still wearing like Converse like uh and uh and like a a denim jacket covered in like band pins mm-hmm. at age 50 i i i see that and it's like seeing like a wounded bird yeah, well, <laughs> that that's what i i think i like about beck in terms of his personal fashion and i think this shows in his music too which is that like he he has always basically been the same guy. Admittedly, his albums are very different from one another, but there's a lot of like things you pick up when you've listened to all of them. You're like, yeah, that's Beck. I can, I can hear the way that banjo part definitely needed to be layered with that bass clarinet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, But he, even in his personal style, it's like, yes, he's idiosyncratic. Yes, he's like weirdly out of step with like whatever's popular at the time, but he's always consistently out of step in the same way all the time. Mm, And I feel like that's more interesting than somebody who chases trends. Like Beck is in a way, like just kind of like a rock in the river, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, the river can twist and turn and the water level can rise and fall. And he's just going to stay in that exact same fucking place. He's running from trends. If anything. Yeah. Looking looking at like pictures of him performing. um, I think he not only has the same stylist as St. Vincent, but they might just have the same wardrobe. Yeah, well, they, oh, they're like yeah. friends. Same hat. They Same love hats. hanging out. I think they did a bunch of like musical performances together. I think they oh, went on really? a big tour with each other, actually. Yeah. Oh, that like, makes sense. You know, Beck is into that whole scene because like St. Vincent is big on David Byrne. They did an album together and like drawing similarities between Beck and David Byrne is like almost too easy. You know, it's like a gimme oh, true, fish in a barrel. So like there's that whole arena of like ni- 80s and 90s like not quite art rock, not quite alternative rock, not quite college Beck rock. Beck is like uh, if David Byrne did Kratom instead of Coke. Or I feel like <laughs> Beck is like Ellis. But well, that's what's interesting about Beck too is it's like how many drugs did he do? Probably a lot. But like yeah. what really addled his brain? Scientology. Like let's yeah. be real. Wait, like he's he, actually a Scientologist? I didn't know he, that. He, his he parents were Scientologists. Scientologists. Oh, yeah. whoa. So he, I think yeah, I've heard of anything he's like distanced himself slightly. I don't know if he yeah. like left the church recently, but he's he, like yeah, not he left. full on. He's a reformed Scientologist. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's the thing is like his parents were some of the earliest uh, like media figures that the church was recruiting back during the 50s and 60s because his dad was a record producer and his mom was an actress. He, so, they're, hmm. they're reformed Scientologists, so they like don't necessarily believe that they're going to be taken up into a spaceship by Xenu, but they believe in like sort of a figurative taking up of themselves into a spaceship by Xeno that might someday take place in some form or another. I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah, like even moving away from just talking about <laughs> Beck, I feel like that's kind of what's happening to the Church of Scientology right now is like they're kind of reaching mormon status a little bit like where Mm -hmm. the mormon church might have been at like Mm -hmm. 40 years ago and so they're kind of starting to have to strip away some of the more insane shit which is really hard for them because even compared to mormonism they're (laughs) fucking nuts like they're on a different level uh so but it's it's weird because they they do have like big outreach programs especially in california and i think also in las vegas uh which is just predatory but whatever um, and like, it's kind of interesting how they've kind of shined up their public facing image, especially in the wake of that South Park episode, which mm-hmm. I hate to give South Park credit for things, but like they did <laughs> kind of blow up Scientology spot in a way that only one of the most watched cartoons in the country could do. So that's like, I'll give them credit once and, and for basketball. I've said many times, <laughs> I love that movie. It's a good movie. I've heard that's good. I've never seen that one. Yeah. I feel like that's their one like actual like moment of cultural critique that like had an impact. Also mm-hmm. like one of the, like usually they just are sort of like this person's stupid and this person's also stupid. Like they don't really like take any stance or have stakes to like what they're saying. But like putting a Scientology on blast is definitely a move that's like there could be repercussions and probably someone advised them not to do it and they decided to anyway. 
Yeah, well, Isaac Hayes left the show because oh, he's yeah, a Scientologist, yeah. and he was like, uh, "Me and all of my seminal '70s and '80s funk records are leaving the show forever." <laughs> you oh. ever go back and listen to the old Isaac Hayes albums? There's bops on there. Yeah, so Isaac Hayes song. fucking Wicked rules. Good. He's so yeah. good. I always forget he was on fucking South Park. Isaac Hayes, George Clinton, like all those guys are putting out amazing fucking music, and uh, they're great. Actually, when's the last time you guys? watched an episode of south park i think it's been over a decade for me um, the last time i saw a full episode of south park it was pierogi night at the rock room this must have been 2018 and i was there to eat 15 pierogies and drink two <laughs> yinglings for five bucks <laughs> nice. and tip the bartender five bucks and south park is just always on on those tvs yeah. for <laughs> some reason so i think i saw one like eight years ago or something like a friend found out i'd never really seen much of it and was like well there's some good episodes so you should watch uh the the one where he like radioheads in it and he like cooks the guy uh guy's family into a stew when he eats them at the end whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's getting it's revenge on like, someone it's always so kind of like it's it's more than hodgepodge it's like uh whiplash inducing sometimes because I remember yeah. when I was younger my favorite episode was like the episode where corn showed up and it was a Scooby okay. Doo parody for some reason and it's like I don't remember if it was a Halloween episode or whatever but. It's rough. Anyway, welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce. We're 11 minutes into recording. I feel like I should introduce the show. This is your number one South Park review podcast. Oh, God. If you wondered in. We're going to rank our top 10 ways they killed Kenny this season. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, I love the idea of someone who just like is throwing a dart, like is blindfolded and clicking on their podcast app. And they're like, all right, a show. This one's kind of fun. But when are they going to say what it is? I'm not going to read it or the description, but they better tell me or I'll log (laughs) off. Yeah, so this is a this is our the number one Isaac Hayes retrospective podcast. We're gonna <laughs> go over the most popular albums first, and then we're gonna get into some deep cuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the news a little bit. Uh, there is uh, some cool shit happening down in Brazil. Lula has been going really, really hard and has accrued a 12th percentage point lead over Jair Ooh. Bolsonaro, which is a, a pretty substantial lead. And also worth noting that he has never not led Bolsonaro in the polls since they started polling. So Lula is doing really fucking good down there. Uh, He did come out recently and say that Bolsonaro is, quote, possessed by the devil, (laughs) (laughs) which is so cool. Awesome move. Interestingly enough, uh, from these poll numbers, it seems that the only... Uh, demographic where Bolsonaro is handily defeating Lula is among respondents to the poll who reported having COVID more than 17 times. Yeah. <laughs> I just see myself in him, you know, and I think that's who should lead the country. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is a totally scientific poll. We just called the uh, the long COVID ward at the old folks home and they all love Bolsonaro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Lula has been going after Bolsonaro really hard for his COVID response, uh, unsurprisingly. And I love how every article that's about Lula says something like, he barked in his signature gravelly voice. Because if you ever heard a <laughs> clip of Lula talking, no. he's got like a real like low growl of a voice. Like, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, Are you doing awesome. voice physiognomy on Lula? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, his voice I tells am, you that he's uh, he's trustworthy, but he is kind of a Libra and he's got rising <laughs> Capricorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a he's a Castro sun sign, but Kissinger rising. So you know, be careful. Uh, <laughs> Brazil is oh, no. one of these countries that does multiple rounds of elections. The first one being on October second. Uh, so that's coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to see wh- what are the ways in which shit gets fucked up this time around because it's already happened once. Yeah, I mean, Bolsonaro is trying to get out ahead of that as much as he can. He's been uh, threatening to claim that the election results are fake and wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been specifically going after electronic voting machines. But it seems like he could have just as easily gone after paper ballots. Uh, At this point, the strategy is just like, if you're not doing good in an election, just pick a thing and bitch about it. (laughs) to, To be fair, electronic voting machines, I mean... I feel like in 2020 with like uh, Trump versus Biden, everybody just suddenly forgot that 
there was a massive uproar about electronic voting machines in 2000 yeah. and 2004 mm-hmm. and 2008 and 2012 and 2016 like every single time because it's, it's like, kind of weird just have like a black box and they're like yeah it calculated yes. the votes and said who got this many like especially we'll when the paper. companies that make the black box the voting machines are donating to candidates yeah. well and yeah i mean well that's the case in the united states surely and i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case in brazil but i would also be curious to hear like the 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 way that the electronic voting machines are actually handled because i know in a lot of countries that actually take their shit seriously the government just provides the machine like they hire someone to make them but they oversee the r&d process and the development and the production and all of that stuff because like i don't know they want to run their country competently in the 21st <laughs> century but <laughs> they hired a contractor that's just uh the cia director in a mustache a fake yeah mustache. <laughs> he's just got a hard hat and a clipboard and a fake mustache and he's like <laughs> yeah i get your fucking voting machines give me two and a half three weeks unions up my ass about it <laughs> <laughs> give me 10 milli <laughs> See, well speaking of something that i'm sure that we all voted for uh the u.s is sending more of our money to ukraine so i want to congratulate mm-hmm the biden administration on finally implementing ubi by which i mean (laughs) ukraine basic income (laughs) this is why i I had to vote for joe biden i was like i could sit it out but like if he doesn't win who's going to give money to ukraine trump no (laughs) chance who's going to take money from the poor and give it to volodymyr Zelensky? yeah (laughs) you know I wanted to abstain from the election, but I felt like I had to cast my ballot for somebody who would support fellas like the Azov Battalion when they get stuck right. in a real pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping to vote on that uh, that game that they're always putting up for on the ballot, a game where Mario is pregnant, but the pen didn't reach the bottom like always, so I had to, you know, vote for president instead. Look, in the United States, we have to make sacrifices. And one of those sacrifices is uh, not having roads that you can drive on without completely destroying your own shitty car so that we can send $10 billion so that every Ukrainian Nazi can drive around in a lifted Ford (laughs) (laughs) F-150. That's also like the kind of the crazy thing is like, the with especially with the Azov Battalion and a lot of like similar type forces, they're not just like wearing the the like you know black sun symbol and the iron cross and the swastika and all of that shit. They're also like sporting a lot of American redneck shit. Like they look up to us. They're really, like, mm. that's yeah. not based. It, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be gotta, cool if they were communists. And then did you like, remember that article a while back before the the war about like the Russians who wear like. Uh, stuff from uh, Bass Pro Shops and drive like yes, Ford Rangers. Yeah. Look, it's one struggle. All right. Don't look yeah. up to America, though. I mean, like that's just <laughs> such fucking poison. Apparently, yeah, in why would Norway, you be a weed there's for like America of all places. At there's least, like maybe a weed for Japan. In in Northern Europe, there's like Renaissance fairs. Except instead of dressing up like medieval people, they dress up like American rednecks. Yeah, that's the Polish, right? They're fucking nuts, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on. I, I think that happens in Pol- Poland, and I think somewhere in uh, some of the Nordic countries, they do that too. Like, remember at the start of this fuck it? Well, not the start, not in 2014, but like when Russia started their operation or their war in Ukraine, whatever. Uh, Poland was like the first country chomping at the bit. They're like sand in NATO, bomb them like <laughs> Yugoslavia. Like they yeah. wanted it. They were like, do it now, and. Uh, we had to send like a delegation to Poland to be like, hey, chill the fuck out, please, for two seconds. And when the United States is telling you like, hey, maybe stop being so fucking hawkish. It's like, whoa, holy shit, Poland. Yeah, <laughs> you're, uh, on, you're on one this year. Polish people are weird. Uh, one of my neighbors, like this old Polish dude, uh, told me about how he sent his Harley, like his shitty old, like broken down Harley Davidson to Poland because somebody would pay like 20 grand for it just because they wanted even a busted Harley. Yeah. Like instead of sending like, like the fucking Ukraine war is going on instead Mm -hmm. of like sending like a care package to his family back in Poland, he sends a fucking Harley. He's like, sell this (laughs) (laughs) whatever. I mean, that's probably really fucking smart because maybe it's got like, maybe if it has a salvage, title or whatever the fuck it's called like it might be cheaper to get through the import export 
customs or tariffs or mm. I, I don't fucking know about this stuff, but if it seems like he's working a system, it seems like he knows something we don't. And I, no, I, th- sure. I think it's just that in Europe, it's really hard to get like muscle cars, uh, Harleys, like a lot of shit over there is they have tighter emissions regulations. Right, right, right. Mm. Well, it's like a grass is always greener thing. Like I know that American bikers are often obsessed with Harleys and there's a lot of like American nationalism about that kind of thing. But like there's a guy in my family, for instance, who's like, you know what I really like? A Moto Guzzi. A nice uh, <laughs> motorcycle from Italy. <laughs> That's right. No, no, you're totally right. I think uh, actually we talked about this like maybe like a year ago on the show, mm-hmm. but Harley is having an identity crisis where like nobody wants to buy Harleys anymore. Right? Yeah, because why like, would you want to buy the biggest, ugliest bike available? That, <laughs> that plus it's, the boomers it's just are being dying bought off. by like by boomers who already own two Harleys, then they're going to die someday. Basically, yeah, yeah, their primary demographic is dying mm. off, and they haven't figured out how to pivot to appeal to young people mm. who overwhelmingly like spend time inside, or they want to buy like a, a like Japanese car. And be mm-hmm. like, this is my JDM vehicle, yeah. because they just think that JDM means a, a Japanese brand. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, weird it's hard to imagine a Zoomer riding a Harley or getting into Harleys, unless they're just like you know grandfathered in. Like literally, their grandfather likes Harley, and <laughs> yeah, ride yeah. It. yeah. I feel like the Harley Davidsons are just too expensive of an item to get ironically. Like you would have to be <laughs> yeah. so rich yeah, to yeah, ironically yeah. ride a hog. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> So like you that, can ironically drive far. like a, a shitbox car for a couple mm-hmm. grand, right? And some of us do unironically, uh, including the most of us on this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I, ironically buying a Harley is like the level of commitment that that is like the same level of commitment as like ironically moving to like Washington DC. It's like <laughs> yeah, why would it's it's just like why would you commit that hard? to something that's going to make you miserable just for the aesthetic. I feel like money is the only motivating factor. That reminds me distinctly. There was like some video that went mega viral. It was like, I bought an abandoned tiny home and it's like really long and they go through the tiny home. They show you all the problems, the little animals living in it. And then there was another video. This is how I found out about the first video Mm -hmm. where the guy uploaded a video and he went, how much money did YouTube pay me for my tiny home video? And he just goes through month to month and he's like seven grand this month, 1.5 million views, seven grand this month, 1.5 million views. And it has like 12 or 13 million views now. And it's just like, hot damn, you know, I wonder how much the guy who's like, I bought an abandoned town with my life savings. Oh, that channel is kind of cool. The guy who bought an abandoned like ghost town with a gold, like a a silver mine or whatever. That's Apparently he found a bunch of silver, which is pretty tight. So Damn, the, the funniest thing about that it. is the the most expensive like relic he was looking for was old Levi's jeans. Because <laughs> like apparently if we find like original Levi Strauss jeans from like a hundred years ago, they're worth like fifty grand a pair. That's awesome. Do people yeah, wear I mean, them or do they just want to collect them and put them in know. a museum or something? And I, I have I to imagine know. it's also much easier to carry jeans than silver. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So, you know, that would be advantageous. No, I yeah. always do kind of wonder about that though. So I, I had mixed emotions when I saw the, the, the video detailing how much money he was making, because one, I was like, this is kind of gross. And I feel like I've read some articles or seen some things about how, like when people do this, their audience tends to get pretty upset with them, which is mm, kind of interesting. an interesting phenomenon, especially with, if the channel is like, you know, not critical of capitalism at all. And is like ready to operate within the normal channels of capitalism, this like wave of distaste people are like puzzled by it. They're like, well, what is happening? And it's like, uh, people don't like it when you throw all the money they just gave you by watching ads around. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then also I thought to myself, well, this is also very educational because I think if more content creators talked about not just their big successes, but also like the rates of pay that -hmm. happened on different platforms, maybe we could have a better conversation about it. Because I know like people have been trying to draw attention to how little Spotify pays musicians for like a decade now like it's been a it's been a big ticket news i you can write an article about it any day of the week for (laughs) 10 years and you'll get clicks and it's like but nothing has fucking changed so 
I don't know. It's, it's a weird dynamic with digital content creation. You spe- speaking as a dumbass podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like YouTube and Twitch have a similar issue where it's like there's the sort of big money, like one percent, who make millions of dollars from ads or from donations or whatever. But like, there's also a lot of people who are like making, like, who are streaming like for ten hours at a time or making YouTube videos every day of the week, and they're like not making that much money. Uh, especially because I think YouTube is sort of like started lowering how much money you get for ads because the whole ad marketplace is like in flux and you can get demonetized really easily. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's the kind of thing that I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about because they don't want to like give their channel a vibe of like desperation or like make it seem like they're less popular than they are. So everyone just kind of is like on their grind set alone basically until they get big enough that they feel comfortable yeah. talking about it. Well, I feel like you can you can overcome... I think there's also a thing where it's like if you talk about how little money you're making, you're the channel might notice you and is just going to deprioritize you and never give you attention from viewers yeah. or listeners or whatever. But if you're like if you're on there telling success stories, like the guy who did the tiny home video who got 12 million views and was making 7 grand a month for a year or whatever, is like though that's like similar to when gambling streamers show their big jackpots and they're like, yeah. check out this, this highlight reel of times I won big. And it's like, it kind of has the same energy a little bit. It's like, try your luck on the digital content creator market. And you know, chances are you're going to get paid about the same or less than your average Grubhub driver. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a multi-level marketing thing. It's yeah, like, yeah, uh, totally. it's like only fans, like uh, only like the top 1% makes, you know, a living. And then like the 99% of below them, it's like not worth the time that they spend to do it, which is mm-hmm. the case for probably YouTube podcasting, yeah. any sort of like user driven content. But the people who are actually making money, like if you're not hurting anybody, like I can't fault you for getting a bag. Like it's, it, sure. we have, we have to live of in course. the system. Like if you're not hurting anybody and you're feeding your family, I, I can't fault you for that. Like if you're doing something heinous, right? Like obviously that's wrong. But if you're just make making clickbait content and you're making enough that you can pay your rent and pay your bills, like I really can't fault you for that. Even if your content is annoying, like mm-hmm. uh, like even if a, you do an ad I, for Raid Shadow Legends, you know. <laughs> yeah, the thing I've noticed really recently is like I'll before I buy a thing, right? Like before I buy, uh, like I don't know, a kitchen appliance, I'll go on YouTube and be like, okay, who's reviewed this thing? Sure, and yeah. then the the phenomenon recently is people being like, why you shouldn't buy this thing. Mm. And then you click and you're like, Oh shit. Oh, I don't want to make the same mistake this person did. And then you <laughs> click on the video and it's like a glowing review. They yeah. just made it the, that the title uh, to get you to so click on it. Click. Yeah. They baited that's you. Fucked up. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, and that's like the baiting is real too. Cause what I've heard from people who have YouTube channels and Twitch channels and what I experienced, you, you bait my, bro. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> uh, what I, what I experienced and have heard about these sites is like, especially Twitch is they really like, I think they calculate how much they can get away with giving you that will keep you producing content Absolutely. so they can mm-hmm. inflate their numbers. So it's like, they're basically calculating a minimum wage and it's probably close huh. to like, if I had to guess five or $6 an hour, because that's, that's why you see a lot of streamers who are relatively small time. Even people who like you might watch highlight reels of on YouTube might have their own editor, might have somebody who does daily uploads for them of highlight mm-hmm. reels from Twitch. And it's like, they're probably still only making eight or nine dollars an hour and that's why they stream 10 or 12 hours a fucking day and like that you see them like i watch grand Pooh bear sometimes because i love mario maker 2 and yeah. his wife will like bring him his kid in to hang out and i'm like that's nice but also that's you should so probably bleak. have regular time off to just go with your kid you know you instead yeah. of jam packing in the streaming all the time that's insanely bleak yeah yeah, yeah it's definitely incentivized that you're like if you stop streaming. I forget where I was reading this, but someone was saying if it's like if you take a break for more than like half an hour, people will be like, oh, the stream's over and like stop watching. And so Mm -hmm. it's like you're incentivized to keep it going for a really long time and to like never take a break for more than like five minutes and to stream every like the more you stream, the more you can get people watching you and getting pushed up by the algorithm. What if you streamed raising your kid? 
You just strap a GoPro on. You're streaming at all times. Ugh, I mean, diapers, do that. Fucking taking it to the park. Like, yeah, there's a lot the of ducklings. fucking like. I'm sure there's a lot of like family content on Twitch and YouTube that I've never seen. So for all we know, that's already happening. A child has lived like four years of its life completely monitored and monetized and like watched that's through nightmare a fuel right there. The people yeah. do that all the time. It's just on Instagram. You know, you that's just true. take photos and you take short videos. And like there were Instagram influencers. There was like little Canadian girl who was like a rapper. Uh, and she was like flexing in front of cars with money and stuff. And everybody was like, you know, who's, who's your mom? <laughs> yeah. Let me speak to your mother. And uh, <laughs> it, like, no surprise. Her mom was like propping her up and was, I think if I'm remembering right, was making something like $56,000 a year, just promoting her daughter on the internet. Wow. Yeah. And I it's like, you that girl labor. who was like 10, like that little Asian girl who had a rap, yeah. who had rap music videos. Yeah. I remember yeah. those very weird. Cause it's like one thing to be like a teenager and make videos, but when you're that young, it feels like somebody is like telling you to do it or like manipulating you to do it or whatever. No, it's, it's always somebody's exploiting you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and that's like people, you see people doing sleep streams, which is unsettling what? enough for me. Sleep yeah, people stream. do like sleep streams and people do those. It's supposed to be really wholesome when a streamer does a 24 hour charity stream, right? Yeah, but it's those just are like, fucked. that's weird. It's so fucking weird. And it's just chasing metrics, right? Do it's they, like, yeah, do the they money's for drink charity. a bunch of caffeine or do they sleep? In, on the stream yeah sometimes uh, they pass out sometimes they pass out but they usually try to stay up for the whole thing they usually block mm -hmm. it out and they're like i'm gonna switch games here i'm gonna switch from platformers to rpgs in the middle mm -hmm. so i can like drink coffee and get my second wind and stuff and yeah you know i i i admit i like watching them sometimes but it's it always has like yeah, a kind fun. of a fucked vibe where it's like you're okay you're destroying your body you're metric chasing and the whole mm -hmm. thing is dressed up as like you're giving money to charity which i'm sure you are but mm -hmm. this is the United States, like 90% <laughs> of charities are overt scams and 90% of the remaining 10% are <laughs> covert scams. So it's like, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, what's more fucked up. I've heard that for some bigger streamers, there's like middleman companies that will pay them to do a charity stream. So, cause they're like, oh. Hey, we'll pay you to do a stream for this charity. And it's like, they still end up donating money to charity, but also they're like being paid for their time on top of it. Which they already kind of are just by, by the fact like a lot of people will watch a channel and donate to a channel if you're doing a charity stream. But like it feels a little more scummy to be like basically being paid and not admit it and just be like, yeah, I'm just doing a charity stream because I like the charity and it's just like another paycheck for you. Have you seen those uh, Omaze giveaways like where you buy raffle tickets and uh, they're like, oh, oh, all proceeds from this raffle of this 2022 Dodge Charger go to support uh coney 2012 or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you, you break down like the costs and like the charity is maybe getting like a grand or two out of like i don't know a hundred grand that they're pulling in for this auction and like the winners are always like somebody who uh either like knows somebody who works at the company or just the person who bought the most tickets mm. yeah well, that's like there was this big scandal a long time ago with Live Aid back in the 80s, right? Where it was like supposed to be this massive charity concert. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chumbawamba put out an album called Pictures of Starving Children Sell Records or something like that. And it was <laughs> like a, it was, the whole thing was a teardown of Live Aid and how cynical yeah. and like, uh, you know, exploitative and basically also racist and also not helpful and probably also actively harmful. It was Chumbawamba based since day one. Chumbawamba yeah, incredibly incredible. based or whatever. They're, they're just good. <laughs> like They're just regular good. Um, yeah. And it reminds me of like, there's a difference between that. And I read an article a while ago uh, about Jesus Jones, you know, the 90s slash Y2K era rock slash electronica band. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. They did right here, right now. It was like their one big hit ever. Oh, and okay, they that faded song, into yeah. obscurity. Yeah. Not the Fat Boy Slim one. Not I like. Slim. I like that one. That's a really good song too. And they're contemporary with each other, and they have exactly the same name, which is very confusing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's even a comma in the same spot. But um, the Jesus Jones one is like it's about the decades changing, and it's about trying to feel grounded in the very chaotic time that was leading right up to Y2K culturally in the United States. And what was interesting about the article is they were asking him, what is it like playing for these corporate events? Because when the, the early aughts and the mid aughts came around, 
it was like, this song is basically going to get used in commercials and we're occasionally going to get hired to be on a festival or whatever. And mostly corporations who are throwing big corporate parties are going to want us to come out on stage, play the song, go wait backstage for three hours, come back out, play the song one more time. And then we each get paid tens of thousands of dollars. That Uh, sounds like an awesome gig, honestly. It is an awesome gig. If you get paid tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Or even just a few thousand dollars. I would do it for one grand, honestly. Just don't tell them that because I do want to negotiate up from whenever we start at. That's right. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, look, they're they're filthy capitalists. Either you do it or they're just going to go get you know, who's similar to Jesus Jones, like the go team, they're going to get the go team to come in Mm -hmm. and do something instead. So it doesn't fucking matter. Um, But I feel like the charity thing makes the whole thing so much more fucking like sickly and terrible and kind of just disgusting, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always a tax dodge. It's always a tax dodge for the organization doing the charity and it's a tax dodge for the rich people who write off their charitable contributions. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Not, not that I think that it's wrong to dodge taxes in this day and age with the regime, the way it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's it's actually ever been. If you're rich. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's ever been morally wrong for a working class person to do whatever they can to limit how many taxes they have to pay. Well, you know who should have been given a tax break? Uh, is the weed truck drivers who have had their weed trucks <laughs> confiscated in New York City recently? Oh, I can't believe shit. this has happened. Does that ca- does that count <laughs> for any? Uh, does that count for like anybody who smokes weed in their truck? Because if so, I'm fucked. This. <laughs> I'm, I can never go to NYC again. I don't know, Chris. Have you seen any of these trucks going around the city? I have seen them parked, and I always until you sent this article, I assumed it was some kind of like cop honeypot, like just walking by a van that's like four twenty, <laughs> buy your weed here or whatever. I was like, all right, this seems like a trick. They're probably trying to get kids to go in and like get busted buying weed. But I guess it's just people who uh, definitely like. It's been interesting because it's still, I think, technically not legal. They legalized it like a year ago, but then right. there's like a whole long process for like stores to get the licenses and like be able to sell it and stuff. But the thing is that people started selling it anyway. Like there is a time we like walked by a shop that was like a very empty head shop and someone was like, oh yeah, they're selling weed and it, you get a free dab hit. And we were like, I don't know about that. <laughs> a random free dab hit from a shop. This seems suspicious. Yeah. Um, bend over and like dab place- and put your hands behind your back with your wrists <laughs> crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's AOC was doing that because she thought she took a free dab hit and was like, okay, I have to go to jail because of this now. <laughs> You get a free dab hit of scopolamine as you're led into the FBI <laughs> interrogation room where they fucking strap you down and play you 36 hours of uh, propaganda that makes you want to commit a mass shooting. Well, no, and like, that's the thing is a bunch of these places were reportedly like after they've confiscated these, they've, I think the report is there's been a mixture of real weed, Delta, other other deltas i don't know all the deltas and then also some other synthetic cannabinoids have shown up uh i'm not sure which ones i remember though uh driving to kalamazoo to buy weed one time and my weed dealer asked me if i wanted to take a hit of some jwh something 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 Mm -hmm. and i did (laughs) and i was inco-fucking-herent for the nice. entire 45 minute drive Jesus. back to my friend's house. <laughs> oh man. It was like synthetic weed or it was just some kind of yes. different strain or something. Okay. It was yeah. a novel cannabinoid and I was huh. not interested in doing it again. <laughs> it doesn't seem very fun. Yeah. I feel like especially if you want Delta Delta eight, you can just get that anywhere now because it's been legal since 2019 or whatever right. when the farm bill was a thing. And that stuff's the edibles aren't bad. I kind of like them. I've seen, I, I, I saw one of these trucks once, um, in New York and like, I thought the exact same thing that you did, Chris. I was like, yeah. there is no way that if I walk up to this truck and I'm like one weed, please, that I am <laughs> not ending this day behind bars. I feel like I, I really got to commend you guys on your instincts because despite my aversion to things that could possibly involve police, I feel like I wouldn't be able to resist the urge to just walk up and lean on the counter and be like, so what are you guys doing? <laughs> so, so the, yeah, the, asking, the pro tip is, um, you never want to go up to the weed truck at like the food truck event, right? Right. You want to go up to whatever the crunchiest, hippiest looking food truck is because they definitely sell weed and they are probably not cops. 
Yeah, if there's like a vegan grilled cheese sandwich or like a like a, a bourbon slathered ribs, like either <laughs> one of those is definitely going to have a dude who's high as fuck and can at least give you someone's phone number. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's one right. one degree of separation away from much better weed. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's always been the thing. Is like I I remember as soon as Pennsylvania went medical. My mom got her medical card and I was mm-hmm. really excited. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to have indirect access to all the top grade medical stuff that's coming in. You know, this is like six or seven years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember her going to the store. She's like, do you want anything? And I was like, uh, yeah. And I tried to give her money for it. And she's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm just going to buy some stuff for, for everybody who wants something. I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then she comes back and she gives me like a thing of edibles and like a little eighth of weed. And I'm like, cool. Thank you very much. And, uh, I asked her, I'm like, how much did this cost? And she's like, Oh, let me fish out the receipt. And I think for my little hundred milligram thing of edibles and an eighth of weed in 2017 or whatever, it was like, hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh, no. Yeah, we talked about this like one or two episodes ago. It, It dispensary shit is so overpriced. Well, especially when they get you for medical and Mm -hmm. there isn't recreational also available because I've noticed that in Michigan, when they divide up the recreational and medical side of the stores, Mm. the medical has way better prices, much higher potency and is in general just better in every way. Whereas medical in Pennsylvania, where they do not have recreational is like they're gouging your fucking eyes out just to get some weed. You have less options. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to give Michigan credit. It's a hellscape, but it is in that way a less onerous hellscape than Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) They got the weed ready to go. We got it. The libertarians got one thing right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, speaking of hellscapes, Taiwan, everybody. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, I don't even want to talk about what's going on. I don't want to get into the politics of it. It's so complicated and I don't know that much about it. I'm learning a lot of things as we go, but I was pretty badly upset by the wording of this CNN article. CNN, if you don't know, is one of the leaders and considered the most serious and balanced of the major news organizations. Which is insane because they have fucking Rachel Maddow. I know it's fucking nuts. I thought but she was MSNBC. She's MSNBC. Is she? Oh, it's literally same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all the same thing. They it's have Brian Stelter. Or wait, Brian Stelter just got fired. I don't. Oh, even really? Know what who did that, that guy is. do? Is that the ball guy? I never find out. They were like, yeah. Brian, look, you know, you've been hanging by a thread, your last hair on your head, and now that you're completely bald, we have to let you go. Yeah. Damn. You can't go totally bald unless you're just an economics correspondent. Those guys <laughs> must be bald. Uh, <laughs> so true. I don't no know why it's you. true, but it is true. Uh, so yeah, this CNN article says, and this pains me to read, but I just have to read it verbatim because it's so atrocious. China is attempting to establish a, quote, new normal across the Taiwan Strait, eroding self-ruled Taiwan's territorial control and increasing the threat of a strike with each military sortie, officials and analysts say. And just in that opening paragraph, I feel like I have to remind any listeners who don't know the one China policy, which can mean a few things, but one of the things that it means is there is a 1972 joint communique with the PRC, the People's Republic of China, and the United States saying that we both acknowledge that all Chinese on either side of the Taiwan Strait maintain that there is but one China and that Taiwan is a part of China and, quote, does not challenge that position. And it reaffirms U.S. interest in a peaceful settlement of the Taiwan question. But here's the thing. China has never not wanted a peaceful settlement of the Taiwan question. And for us to come around and say that declaring that, quote unquote, self-ruled Taiwan is part of China is some kind of establishment of a new normal when this has been the international standard since 1972 is like Ukraine was one thing. Okay. <laughs> it was psychotic, but like at Ukraine and Russia are at least different countries. Mm-hmm. This is not the case <laughs> with yeah. Taiwan and it's driving me fucking nuts. Yeah. It's so, it's so pathetic because it's like, at least they could have, not that I would like commend them for like having the official policy that Taiwan was like a separate country, right. but they don't even have the guts to actually like, you know, go on whatever like official U.S. policy, whatever that means to be like, we officially recognize that Taiwan's a different country. We don't recognize... It's like, they admit it. They recognize that it's all part of China. 
they say that it is. And then they just like uh, say that out of one side of their mouth. And then like after signing the official paperwork are like, but actually it's not. And technically it'd be cool if they could become capitalists again. Right. It's so fucking well, pathetic. Well, I feel like all of this is just maneuvering from the Democrats because the Democrats know that they're like flagging and failing and everybody hates them and, mm-hmm. and basically has hated their guts for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And like Pelosi has been a long time China hawk. Like she hates China. And she's, mm. at, since the nineties, I think she's really been up in arms about like China is bad. We need to do everything we can to support Taiwan, blah, 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 blah. We've supported the independence movement there. We introduced neoliberalism to Taiwan so that they wouldn't have an openly nationalist government anymore. And uh, we could actually like, you know, m- make it look nice to, uh, our Western European allies, blah, 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 a bunch of fucking horse shit. But it's like, the only reason they're doing this now is because if they don't do this, the Democrats don't have any identity. And this is something where like the Republicans kind of have to begrudgingly support them. So they're really just like robbing Peter to pay Paul where it's like, okay, we can kind of get a foothold back in domestic politics. We can all retain our offices and our incumbent candidates can win. But it's like, at what fucking cost? Like you're basically jeopardizing economic and in general social participation with the biggest player on the world stage, period, full stop. China is is bigger and does more things than any other country in the world. It's just very insane. And we are like you and me and our families are all going to have to pay the price for this and not like Nancy Pelosi, the most successful stock trader in the world. Hmm. Yeah, Except well, they, I mean, they did sanction specifically Nancy Pelosi, right? Which, which is hilarious. Really cool. It's and that so loss. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we've this podcast stance has been for the longest time that the elites in the United States are looking to stoke a new Cold War, uh, mm-hmm. and unlike the last Cold War, we don't have a monopoly the way that we did, uh, especially mm-hmm. not on industry. And, uh, and in this case, we would be the side that fucking loses all the saber rattling, all of the media propaganda is just a indictment of the way that the people in power here have just nothing but pure raw contempt for you and everybody you care about. And there you are going. And like John said, you're going to pay the price. And it's just another reason to fucking loathe these people. Yeah, it's Absolutely. time to pay the price. Remember in home movies that episode when uh I forget who said it to Brendan, but they were like, Brendan, all your movies end the same way. And he's like, No, they don't. And they're like, Yeah, they all do. They all end with it's time to pay the price. <laughs> 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 I feel like that's how US politics will end too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just one day China will say, It's time to pay the price, and everything will be fucking cut off. Cause like yeah. China is like they're investing in South America. They're investing in Mexico. They're investing all over Africa. They're investing all over Asia. They're investing in Eastern Europe. They're invest. They're starting to invest more in Western Europe. It's like it's pretty impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're bringing more people out of poverty faster than any civilization in human history. And uh, over here in the United States. I can't even get my teeth worked on because it costs too much money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the U.S. is like squarely still in the uh, 20th century while China is actually moving into the 21st century. Yeah, why is it still 1987? We just have like better internet. We just have internet. That's like the only difference. Yeah, we have smartphones, which by the way, if China ever stopped uh, trading with us, we would not be able to make any of the parts that we need for the smartphones. (laughs) We get it all from them. So they would be fine and then we would be stuck with using like rotary phones again well in addition to starting a new cold war or furthering a continuation of the old cold war i have no idea what the fuck we're actually doing uh (laughs) the united states is also facing the threat of domestic terrorism from the insane right-wing people that are well you know who they are and uh there's a new one this one is from the greater pittsburgh slash youngstown area this guy's from mercer county pennsylvania and he is accused of threatening to murder fbi agents on gab i didn't know people still posted on gab (laughs) he must have yeah he must have thought that was like the move it's like no one reads this (laughs) even the fbi so i'm good to go i feel like the fbi reads gab more like gab is like the wyoming of Mm. social media websites. There's so few people there that you actually get your posts read by government agents more often than anybody else. So I'm immediately skeptical of anything that comes out of the FBI. 
um, because like there has been a a rash of the FBI saying that they are being threatened by people uh, mm. online, uh, and then they they like come up dry when they actually have to show how they're being threatened. I don't doubt that this guy is like an insane idiot who saw the Marjorie Taylor Greene t-shirt defund the FBI and like was like, oh, well, I, I have a he was he was like uh, it was like the scene in Lord of the Rings where Gimme's like and my axe and he was like and my compound bow. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he, he threatened to kill FBI agents with like a compound bow or whatever. Um, but it's important to note here that like. This is this this whole uh, Trump getting investigated by the FBI is a fucking goldmine for the FBI to launder their image, uh, yeah, especially absolutely. among people who have been skeptical of law enforcement uh, for basically as long as uh, any of this shit has been going on. So, mm-hmm. like. Yes, it's funny that this idiot went on Gab and like now he's fucking, you know, getting arrested. But also if the FBI tells you like, oh, we're scared, you know, we're we're federal agents and we're scared of of people being angry online. They're just angling for more funding. Well, yeah, it's, these are the guys. Always they, what it is. These are the guys they created. Right. Like whether yes. they are directly you know, orchestrated events by the FBI, which I believe is probably less often the case or their guys. Nah, who were, I don't know about less well, often the uh, case. They do a I, lot of orchestrating. There's, there's a, there's a blurred line between that and guys that were either trained or indirectly generated by the kind mm-hmm. of like psychological ops that the FBI and the state department and the CIA and all of those groups have been using. So I feel like, especially it, it, it's kind of a, it doesn't matter who started it. I'm ready to end it. <laughs> Right yeah. now, like yeah, and the kind fucking of deal. FBI and and the fucking crazy right wing dudes because they're both real now. That's the thing; it doesn't matter where they came from anymore. <laughs> like the FBI, like intelligence and these like weird brown shirts and like you know lone wolf shooters and all these guys. Like they're all related. They're all in a big web with each other. And like this guy, he made these posts, and then the FBI showed up at his house. So like. They didn't call him or anything. They definitely escalated the situation on purpose to get a headline. And then uh-huh. they put him and themselves in danger. He came out the door carrying a, an, an AR style M4 rifle. And then they yelled at him to put it down. And I think he realized, I'm going to die if I don't put this down. And he put <laughs> yeah. it down. So, I mean, uh, I don't want to give him any credit, though, because he does have a bunch of, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he's a Nazi. And uh, one the funniest part of the whole article, I couldn't help but laugh, even though it's so grim and stupid, is that when the cops asked him to unlock his phone, he unlocked it with a swastika pattern. And oh no, also, <laughs> no you don't have wait, to unlock your phone. I, I don't even know how that works. How how is that possible on a nine digit um, keypad? Yeah, on the on the nine dots. It's like yeah. a really long. Uh, I don't want to do it because then yeah, my yeah, NSA agent is going to think. <laughs> yeah. I guess he has a really long passcode or something. I guess it would have to be. One, I mean, can two, you do it? One, two, three. Four, I guess I can. Like on my five, on my keyboard you, here. You can't six, retrace seven, the dots. You would eight, need to nine, go back ten, over because it terminates 12, at four ends. I don't 13. want to think about this. Yeah, I don't even understand. You have to have a thirteen character. Okay, I'm a math autist, yeah. so <laughs> I figured yeah, this, this out. You'd is, have to have a thirteen character long passcode. Well. That seems that seems like they're just making shit up at that point. Yeah, I'm not so it just seems like I the problem is is like as much even if they're making shit up, more shit like this is gonna happen. And like these guys are real. We know that because they shoot up black churches and they shoot up synagogues and stuff. It's just only now that have they ever like decided to set their sights on a government agency. Like I know the January 6th thing was kind of like flirting with that a little bit, but like attacking the FBI is an insane plot line. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, just it's fucking pretty wild. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It feels like another version of January 6th where it's like it was a way to for liberals to be like, thank God we had the brave Capitol Police. Now it's like, thank God the FBI can arrest Trump while he's sitting on the toilet and own him or something. Yeah, that's like, what it is. It's uh, the FBI figured out uh, that them doing like kidnapping plots on like the government of uh, of of michigan and uh also mm-hmm. article came out recently apparently when uh so the the whole michigan thing was basically a dry run for january 6th where they just mm. uh they let everybody into the state capitol 
um, yeah, which is exactly like what police. happened on January 6th. Um, they, they don't get the, as strong of a hit anymore. Right. Yeah. From when the FBI, like does like Timothy McVeigh shit or does like Steven Paddock shit, they don't get as much of a hit. They need to do a PR campaign where they're suddenly the ones under attack, not ordinary Americans, because right. then they can garner more sympathy and get more money out of the federal budget. I, I just imagine the FBI meeting where like the head of the FBI or the division captain or whatever the fuck they're called is just like, look, some of you boys are going to be martyred, but most of you are going to make hella overtime pay. Okay? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that, that, that 100% happened. That's not even an exaggeration. No, I feel like, slow clapping. They're like, yeah, yeah over yeah, time. Yeah. Over There's time. There's like random little hoorahs mixed in there. Yeah, yeah hoorah. I want to <laughs> die. I want to die. Yeah, yeah. Either one's cool. Whatever gets me away from my wife, man, work or death, that's I'm right. in. Like, <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's what if, the if, FBI, all of them said. I feel like that's what the guys at my job think. So I know that's what FBI agents think. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're a, a big enough piece of shit to be like a middle-aged FBI agent, you're like, the best way for my like kids to love me in the future is if I die, I'm given, you know, whatever the government gives the family of a, a slain officer. A like, lot of money. Like, right, right. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably. Just like Easily. taking one of those like weird stylized, perfect Christian family Instagram photos, sending it to everybody, you know, and being like, wow, this family is so great. And then you walk away from like the little in-home studio you've designed to take this one Instagram picture. And you're like, God, I wish I would die in a fucking shootout right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a fucking bleak, fucked up country we live in. Hey, I've waited on a lot of police officers. I've even waited on SWAT officers when I worked at Starbucks. And you know mm -hmm. what? They all seem like miserable pieces of shit yeah. uh, and you know i i think i maybe this is controversial but i think police officers should be given the kevorkian treatment if they want it yeah <laughs> <laughs> kevorkian treatment for some well speaking of saying fuck cops there are, we'll we'll round out the episode with a quick one there was an oklahoma woman who uh is it too is it too edgy to call this praxis of the week? Uh, she was being detained in a police car in Oklahoma and slipped out of her handcuffs. She's being accused of slipping out of her handcuffs, mm -hmm. getting her hands on the assault rifle that she only apparently had to press a button that was labeled gun to unlock once her oh, hands wow. were out of the cuffs and opened fire on the cops. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Non-mortally wounding, I think two of them oh, and also uh, a bystander, which is not cool and good. Uh, but yeah. There's a little video where she gets, gets the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Holy like shit. Shouldn't this, this just count as, I mean, this has never happened in America, but it'd be cool if it's like, this counts as self-defense from kidnapping. Like, I, don't, I that never could happen. But there's some countries where it's like if you escape from prison, you're not charged with a crime because the logic is like, well, it's normal to want to escape from prison. Normal right. to want to escape from a cop car too. I'm gonna queue up this. Yeah, video. I mean, absolutely. I love the way she just like opens up. She points the gun right in the corner window and is just like, yeah, I, yeah, I can get a good angle here. <laughs> How did she get? Yeah, that's the like gun? a John Wick move. Just like, yeah, this will work. Out of her cuffs. How is that even? How did she do it? It says. There's, it says the Grady County Sheriff's Office is now making some changes to keep their deputies safe. Quote, one, I will say, so this is Officer Bogess. One, I will say our console where it actually said gun and she was able to see that. That's got to mm. be replaced. We're going to put a <laughs> switch someplace else in the vehicle to lock our gun. It's oh, a free deal. It's one of these probably, I'm not going to say one in a million, but you know, it's one of those deals that, you know, once it happens, then you go back and try to make sure it never happens again. <laughs> it seems like one in a million just to push the a button. Anyone get can push the, the button. The, the gun is accessible from the back of the, what the fuck these guys yeah, so, are fucking idiots oh wait she was in the back yeah how did she get there was the 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 thing was in the way right the that's fucking insane the only did, thing yeah, is the, the, the video from the back of the squad car it like flashes forward to now she has the gun yeah which begs the question mm. what happened in the footage that they edited out oh they don't it, want to show must you have where been the gun something is? extremely stupid that they they're did. not gonna yeah they're not gonna move where they put the guns actually they're just gonna say they did i think they don't want you to know like where a gun typically is in a cop car because here's the thing cop cars are built to standards and those mm -hmm. standards are pretty much the same all over the country, except in places like nebraska or wyoming or wherever where it's like yeah i needed a jeep cop car to go <laughs> yeah. you know check in on a domestic disturbance in bigfoot valley but <laughs> um it's like 
these are all built the same. So if they just advertise where the gun is stored in a cop car, it's like, now everyone knows where that is. I mean, this this is why I talk about the 1284X key, because those old um, Crown Vicks, it opens those. It starts those. It opens the trunk where there is usually a shotgun. And I didn't know that there's an assault rifle in in the area where you put the belligerent... accused criminals but that's interesting to know and i probably not going to recommend anybody does this but you can get one for seven dollars on amazon yeah they're so cheap amazon's still evil but they are in stock it is the fastest way to get a 1284x key just (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, so if you need it in a hurry for whatever reason, yeah, that's where to get it. Uh, yeah, anyway, I guess. This is- I mean, it seems like they should maybe like lock this up somehow. But maybe the logic is like, if you need the the shotgun and your or whatever kind of gun this is, you need to get it quickly. But it mm-hmm. could at least have like a four digit code that takes like ten seconds to enter. So that should I feel like now anyone- adding this key to my cart online has now put me on a list. You're on just, ten just, lists. Just add it Fuck. and take it off, and add it and take it off a few times, and then add some ten other more stuff lists? to throw them off the, tra- the trail. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do that. Add some diapers, uh, <laughs> some yeah. fireworks, just like a bunch like, of fertilizer. Keep them guessing. Like chlorine Bill salts, books, maybe. They're like, yeah. what? Bill Clinton. I don't know about all that. A fish tank. Hillary Clinton book. Yeah. Get that in my search my history. Life or something. Throw, what, throwing off the three happened? letter agencies by alternating bomb ingredients and vintage Nickelodeon plushies. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to think you're even more of a sicko. They're like, shit, he wants to fucking slime the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> Did he really buy eight, eight, 10 gallon drums of slime? That is incredible. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, uh, what speaking getting of slime slimed. I'm, I'm about to go get fucking slimed. Yeah. I That's still got right. something it's left Friday in night. Hell it's yeah. Friday night. So thank you so much for listening. This has been your BP Bledis for the week. Uh, we love you. You can listen to my other show, Work Stoppage, and uh, you know all the things. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, Bye. Have a good one. Beep on y'all. We love. We got you. a Patreon. You can check it out if you want. You check out the Patreon. Right. I got a job making money for the man. Throw a chicken in a bucket with a soda pop can. Ukraine in the fall on my back. I had to set it on fire in the vat of chicken fat. I leaped on the camera like a bird with no hair. Running through the many mall in my underwear I got lost downtown, couldn't find a ride home Sun went down, I got frozen to the bone Till a hooker let me share her faith for coat As I took a little man, the cops picked up the spoke I tried to explain, I was only trying to get warm I knew I never ever should have burned my uniform He said, too bad, let him bite the bullet hard slug I didn't have the teeth, so I stole his gun And I crawled out the window with my shadow and a spoon Dancing on the roof, shooting holes in the wall.